Here's to courageous pioneers who understand a legacy is multifaceted. Welcome to our Legacy Planning Podcast, a podcast for leaders and visionaries of all ages. Whether you are an independent entrepreneur or someone who is part of a family business, you too can leave something of value behind for a greater purpose. Perhaps your legacy will improve workplace cultures, seize authentic moments, or inspire others with your talent. Your host, Angelina Carlton, is the founder of Design Your Legacy, a boutique advisory firm based in Beverly Hills, California. She is a mentor and coach to leaders like you and has contributed to Alliance, a philanthropy magazine, as well as to women in family business. She has been recognized by Los Angeles Biz as an LA woman of influence, as well as by World HRD Congress for her work. Remember, you deserve great coaching because your legacy is worth completing. Welcome, everyone. I'm Angelina Carlton, the hostess of the Design Your Legacy podcast, where I look to distill the best practices, positive examples in action, and the best ideas to inspire you. As today's affluent are two-thirds self-made, I hope to invite a variety of guests from many walks of life and income levels to bring you their insights and experiences. These guests range from family office professionals, Hollywood directors, and today, an interior designer, as they each contribute their thought leadership to the subject of legacy. I hope to provide interesting guests who challenge your beliefs with their strong bias towards optimism and how you too can value your life, time, and personal legacy. Christiana Crin was born and raised in Transylvania in a country known as Romania. She traveled the world to find a place that felt comfortable for her to do something different. It took her a few years, but today it's a reality. She is based in Chicago and London, designing spaces without geographical borders. At Perpetuum Designs, she built a reputation for turning heads. When people walk into a space that she has designed, they stop, they look around, they acknowledge that they are experiencing something different. Welcome, Christiana. Thank you for having me. I really appreciate it. And is there anything that you would like to share regarding your upbringing um, or your your journey from Transylvania to Chicago? Uh, yeah, so I left uh, uh, my country when I was in my early 20s. And uh, as any kid and as a, any teenager or young adult, um, I had the American dream. And um, I remember watching uh, TV uh, movies on TV and, and news and uh, all kinds of um, uh, shows about the United States. And of course, everyone dreams about this. Um, when I got here, though, I experienced something different because I landed in Detroit, and this was in uh, back in 2006. Okay. And uh, back then, Detroit was not the uh, safest or the prettiest place to land. Okay. And um, I decided, uh, you know, after four months of having a job over there, um, that this is not for me. This is not the American dream. Uh, they can keep it. I want to go back. And these are the, those learning distinctions. Yes. Yes, yes, definitely, yeah. definitely. And um, I was lucky that a friend of mine who, who lived in Chicago back then uh, convinced me to come and visit. And I came on 4th of July. And um, the minute that I landed, I knew that this is it. Um, this, this city is fantastic. And I can tell you that 16 years later, I am here and I am experiencing the magic every single day. 
my uh, my studio is uh, somewhere close to downtown and every day when I, I go towards the office I remember the experience that I had 16 years ago that has not faded one bit um, my amazingness how beautiful everything is and it, it is a beautiful ar architectural city so um, I'm happy that I chose to stay okay. um, it is definitely definitely different from what I I'm used to growing up back home. Um, I, I grew up on a farm. I grew up um, uh, surrounded by nature and animals and uh, everything was very simple. And uh, to be here today, I am grateful and I try not to take it for, for granted every single day. Yeah, and I know you're very humble right now, but you've been incredibly successful, whether it's working with luxury residential interior design, as well as hospitality. Um, and I want to make the focus of this conversation about you and then your legacy. But for one moment, can you share some of the projects that you have had the privilege to work on? Of course. Yes, yes. So um, I started my company about six, seven years ago. And um, I started uh, like any uh, designer with very small projects. Okay. Um, first, it was just, uh, uh, you know, a room here and there, bathrooms and kitchens. I've done a ton of those in the beginning, um, just because I was by myself when I started, and uh, I was a little afraid to walk into bigger projects. And of course, once I started being comfortable that, you know, running a business is different than being employed, and I realized that this is not that big of a deal, uh, then I started walking into bigger projects. And um we started working with uh, um, private clients on the residential side, and I would take uh, smaller uh, re restaurants and takeaways in the beginning. And of course, as years passed, I started getting more and more comfortable in taking uh, larger projects. So right now, we we work with developers and we build houses from from scratch. We we design, we don't build. We design houses from from scratch and um, uh, big bigger restaurants. Uh, so some are the renovations and some are uh, just brand new buildings. Um, and um, yeah, different aspects. So we just finished a clinic, a medical clinic. I've never thought I'm going to get the chance to do something like this because it's not something we advertise. Uh, but they came to us and they said, you know, we saw some of your restaurants and we want to do something different. And uh, it was a huge success. So, yes. Yes. And I just want to touch upon something. You can speak four languages. I do. Yeah. Yes. Yes. So um, my I speak Romanian because I, I was born in Romania. Um, and back home, I, um, I used to be fluent in Spanish and French. And then I had to learn English when I, I'm saying a little bit of English just from watching TV and listening to music and, and things like that but um, I, I was not able to speak so I'm gonna I'm gonna say that while I do understand conversation in both French and Spanish I am not as good uh, of, of uh, to replying as I used to be okay. just because I lost a little bit of my practice but uh, yeah I'm I, I'm fluent I I can speak four languages wonderful wonderful thank um, you so why interior design? Um, it was by accident. Um, my story as an immigrant is not really different than any other immigrant story. Uh, we come here, we work um, until we crash. Um, I, I used to have three jobs when I came here, uh, especially after I moved to Chicago. Interesting. What, what, what were those three jobs? Just um, so someone so who's at listening. At one point, 
Yeah. Absolutely. So at some point I was an office manager in a chiropractic office. Okay. I was uh, also a part-time assistant in the makeup de- department at ABC7, the news station uh, here locally in Chicago. Okay. And then um, I was also cleaning houses uh, for two hours uh, a week. Uh, I remember on a Wednesday afternoon I on my lunch break. I had to give up my lunch break and go and, and clean a house for two hours um, every week. Um, so those were the three jobs that I, can, I had them for um, some time. And then I switched. Was this, in, was this in Chicago? This was in Chicago. Yeah. Okay. Yes. Okay. And, he, and so, I just wanted to point that out for a second because yeah. here you are today and I will put a link to your Instagram um, channel, but you have created some of the most amazing spaces I mean, you really have transformed restaurants in an era where restaurants have suffered, especially the last couple of years. And you're flying in between London to Chicago and back again. Your schedule is crazy busy. So thank you for accepting my invitation to be on this Designing Your Legacy podcast. And you paid your dues. it wasn't, it wasn't the easiest experience. I'm, I'm going to tell you this. Um, so um, especially when I decided uh, to go back to school. Um, so to back up a little bit, um, I, I chose interior design and it was a pure accident because I got a, a position within a development company okay. as an executive assistant. And I was the right hand of two incredible architects and developers. And, and, and you're really good at it. Because I learned from them. I, I learned from them. Okay. And um, they, uh, uh, I had, I know, I, I didn't know anything. And I remember my first interview and um, uh, shamefully, I, um, I recorded my first interview because I wanted to make sure that once I get home, I will re-listen to every single thing I said. Um, I, I am the type of person that tends to say yes to a lot of things. And then I'm like, oh, oops, what did I do? Did I, did I say yes to something that I'm not sure? So I wanted to make sure that everything that I said yes to, I, I was able to do it and accomplish it. And I started with uh, uh, little tasks. Uh, administ- I, was, I was a secretary. I was doing administrative work. I was uh, uh, replying to emails and just doing cleanups, uh, just office things. And um, two months in that job, I, I realized that this is where I want to be now. All the structural um, uh, project management um, tasks that I apply today, I learned from this company by uh, because most of their contracts were, were with the United States of uh, Army. Okay. And um, they are tough. They are very, very structural, very, very tough, very, very on point. So um, every single document that we submitted, it had to be to the point, literally, with all the requests that they had. So I learned to be organized. I had no idea about interior design, architecture, anything back then. It was just strictly executing different tasks, helping project managers. I was still an executive assistant, but because I loved what they were doing with projects, I asked to help with whatever I could. And I, I, this is how I learned. This is how I learned to, to read um, um, pl- architectural plans. This is how I learned to do purchasing. This is how I learned to do project management. Interior design, it was never within that one company. It was never in the perspective because it was not my job. So um, I took the time to learn as much as I could. And um, 
then I realized that uh, I was asking more and more work and more okay. and more tasks. Um, some that was Saturday and Sunday as well because I took on so much and I was so thirsty to learn as much as possible about project management okay. that um, uh, I didn't have any time off. But it was okay because I was I was in love with what I, what I was doing and it was perfectly fine. So um, that's that's when I decided to go back to school and uh, I had to switch companies because I wanted to be in a more creative field and surrounded by interior designers. And um, I got a job with a, an interior design company that was focusing on hospitality okay. and um, um, just private clients as well. They were doing some residential as well, but uh, very, very, very high end. And the good part was that this company was also brand new. So I was the fifth person to be employed. And now they're over, I don't know, they're probably close to 100 employees in that company. Um, and I got the chance to develop the purchasing department from scratch. So there was and a lot of opportunity for growth. Exactly. Exactly. Yeah, yeah. And to, to learn. I didn't care for the position as much. Okay. Although, yes, that came, of course, with the, with the job as the team grew. Um, and because I was still part of the team, of course, my title changed and, um, you know, my position got advanced um, because I had way more responsibilities and as I was starting to build a team and learn to work uh, with people and supervise people in my department. Um, of course, you know, things changed, but I got the chance to, to start with them. And this was uh, another huge opportunity for me and, and shaped me into the, the person and, and brought me the knowledge that I have today. And of course, when you work for, for other companies, you make mistakes, you try not to, we all make mistakes, but um, when you get to do those mistakes early in your career, you learn and then you learn to apply, um, to, to not apply them and not to make the same mistakes uh, moving forward. So that, that was a plus, definitely. Yeah, I appreciate your sharing the background of what has made you you today, because one of the things I brought up regarding designing a legacy, sometimes people see the final package and they don't realize uh, the years of hard work and sweat equity that go into it, as well as the setbacks and the challenges. What would you say, and I realize this isn't you know, a question I gave to you ahead of time, but what would you say was one of the biggest challenges or setbacks for you? Was it working with other people in a supervisory position? Uh, so um, those, um, those um, this is, uh, I'm going to hit two points over here. Um, okay. One of them was um, when I started going back to school, um, I, I hit a wall right there. And then I wanted to go back um, and get an architectural degree. So I have a journalism degree from back home. Okay. Um, and um, going back to school, I was uh, 30, 30 something, early 30s. Yeah, 33, I think, when I started school. And um uh, this was not something that I thought I'm going to I'm going to start again, but um, because I felt that I was limited and uh, I had that uh, um, I knew that I wanted to start my own company at some point. I, I had a feeling that without a degree, I'm not going to be able to do this. OK. Um, and I wanted to become an architect. And when I applied to different schools, different programs, everyone, every school told me. Um, you have to have financial aid because obviously, I mean, school here in the United States is very expensive. Okay. And every program that I, I try to apply said no to me. 
uh, because I was making too much money. I wasn't making that much money, like a lot of money, but I was... Uh, or, but to apply for financial aid. Exactly, exactly. Yeah. So everyone said no. So um, then I said, okay, I'm going to settle. I don't think I settled right now because I love my field and I love what I do every single day. Okay. But right there and then for for a minute, it was a, uh, I was settling. And I said, okay, I'm going to find a program for interior design. Because it was by default. Exactly. Yeah. Exactly. Yes. Um, but I'm not sorry that this happened. Um, I, I had to put everything on credit cards and it, it was a pain. I had years of struggle financially because I had to pay everything uh, back. Okay. And uh, those credit cards were, were just eating <laughs> my time, my life, everything. It, it was hard. And, that's, uh, but, and I just want to say that that's really, you know, that's real. I mean, 16% APR, the interest rates. Yeah, 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 definitely. And my interest rates were, were skyrocketing and it was tough. It was definitely tough. Wow. However, I just I just also want to share that your answer surprised me because I thought you were going to say, well, I always had a love for interior design and growing up, I had a knack for it. But instead, it no. was, yeah, yeah. No. I was always creative as a child. Um Definitely. I always dressed differently. I, um, um, I, I did different things with my hair. Um, I was definitely not going with the crowd ever. Okay. Um, I liked to, I like to be different because I always said, I always thought I have something different to offer to the world in general. So yes, but not, not in, I didn't think about interior design. Now I grew up in a, in a creative field. My mom um, is a cosmetologist and a makeup artist and um, she's, uh, she's still in business and she's successful. So uh, growing up with her and, and going to fashion shows as a kid, um, it, it really um, cultivated my artistic side. Definitely. Um, and also she's, she's not like any other person that I've ever met. So, um, it, it helped. It definitely helped to have someone in the family that's a little bit different. She was (laughs) a creative spirit. Mm -hmm. Yeah, yeah, yeah. definitely. Definitely. So, um, this was definitely the first, uh, school was, was hard. And once, once I got in, um, I was working a full-time job. I was full-time at school. I was sleeping four hours at night. Um, it cost me a lot. I, this was happening for three and a half years. Wow. I had no vacations. I had no weekends. I had nothing. Four hours of sleep and that's it. Yeah. Um, it, it was the hardest thing that I've done until the point that I started my company. Once I started the company, there was one thing that uh, I didn't take in consideration, and that was marketing. Um, when I left my previous job, I was all excited that uh, I had a few projects lined up. Uh, word of mouth, as simple as that. People that knew me and, and knew me personally um, started sending clients my way, and um, I did you know, just a few projects, uh, a couple of restaurants, a few residential projects. And then I was confident that this is going to be it. I put up a website and I was just waiting for the magic to happen. And then nothing happened because I did not think about marketing. Um, So I had about eight months of nothing. Yeah. And I just want to interrupt for a moment. That's always the part they forget to tell you about. Yeah. Yeah. Because... Yeah, because you know even what? as a coach back in 2014, I remembered I went through school at the, with the Coactive Training Institute, and they kind of left out that part about like 
half of it is you have to be really good at what you do, but then the other half of it is the business and the sales. And you kind of just figure that out because you have no other choice. Of course, exactly, exactly. And when I woke up and I saw that nothing was happening, I was still young in business. Um, I only had a few, a handful of projects, nothing else. And most of them, uh, especially on the residential side, yeah, I had a couple of restaurants um, and I had an accounting office, very small, very basic. But then on the residential side, I did a bathroom here, a basement there, a kitchen here. What do you do with that? I mean, I don't, I didn't want to be looked at as a specialist for kitchen. Yes, it's part of interior design, but that's not what I want to do with the rest of my life. It was hard. Yeah. And I just want to highlight right there something that you wanted to define your own narrative and identity, not have someone else put you in a box of labeling you as like the kitchen designer or the bathroom designer. Yeah, exactly. exactly. So you do in, in any, I don't know if it, if it applies in all the other businesses, but for example, in interior design, um, because we are creative people and because we do tend to be really, really good at something, we can do everything else, but there's one niche that we, we tend to go towards, something that inspires us, something that we enjoy doing. Um, because yes, while we do business for the money in interior design, it's not about the money. It's not only about the money, right? It's also about finding the spaces and finding the clients that will let you run wild and run free with your creativity. Being led by your artistry, I might say. Exactly. Exactly. So doing this, um, I I knew that I want to do residential, but I wanted to be more on the luxury side. Um, just because some, especially working with developers, you have way more freedom to, to do things the way that you envision them, uh, with private clients, with some, it works, but not always. I mean, we do have clients where they have already in their head the design and we do work with them obviously. And it's fun. And we created beautiful projects working hand in hand with, with, uh, clients that have an idea about what they want. Um, but it's always nice when you start from a white canvas and, uh, you can start presenting your ideas. And then of course that changes over time, because as you walk in into a project and you start from scratch, once you already develop, develop the plans for any project, commercial or residential, uh, the client comes in and then the, the creativity starts and it's a, it's a teamwork with every single project. So, um, but I find it that with developers and with larger private clients, uh, under the residential side, um, at least you have a little bit more creativity. Um, it's focusing on one, one niche rather than, you know, specific little ones. Yeah. So I know in your other two podcasts that, um, you, you went on, there was a lot of conversation around project management, but I mm-hmm. definitely want to keep the focus on you. So what makes you special? Um, the first thing that we learn in school is form follows function. And okay. like you mentioned, I did speak about the functionality um, and, and the, the tasks that are involved in project management before, um, because it is the most, uh, one of the most important aspects of completing a project successfully. But the one thing that I would say that does make me different is that um, I do, I find value in insignificant things. 
Um, and I'm going to give you a couple of examples. Um, right now, we're finishing uh, a restaurant. Uh, it's Churros restaurant. They make this, these amazing churros. Uh, best I've ever had. Uh, they're quite amazing. In Chicago? Um, in Chicago, yes. Okay. Yeah, yes, yes. yeah. Um, and um, so, yeah, this project is local. But um, we, and we came uh, at the end of the project, and we don't have budget anymore. We had to um, spend it on some unforeseen, uh, unforeseen construction um challenges. Uh, charges yeah. challenges and charges and unfortunately we um we just had to to put the money in in that while the client had to had to redirect the the budget um, in that direction so we so surprise, are here you are exactly <laughs> but it's we we are expecting this it's construction and and a lot of things happen unexpectedly yeah. uh, which is fine but this is where we have to get creative and because we didn't have a lot of money left, I had to improvise. And we just had a, a, a meeting this morning with the client. And it was the, the it was funny. I was rushing. I was in between other two clients. Um, it was a, a, a ASAP situation, emergency. Let's talk. My clients were at uh, Home Depot picking up uh, some wood that I specified and I had to do a Zoom, uh, a FaceTime with them, like on the spot okay. to pick the wood that I would like to see in their space. And I took a piece of paper and a pen and I literally started drawing and I'm not good at drawing, but I literally printed their photo that I took in their space. And I pointed that this is where the wood is going to be. This is what I want to do. We're going to alternate wood and grass, wood and grass, wood and grass. Okay. And then we're going to put all the other uh, decor elements that we already got somewhere in between. So I literally on their photo pointed on a piece of paper what I want where because they're opening tomorrow and they're like literally at the last phase. And I couldn't help them because my day was scheduled. They were supposed to push this to next week. They couldn't. So I'm, I adapt to circumstances and situations. But the fact that I can pick little things and get creative with little things and yeah. invent, uh, things as they go, I find it that um, for me, it comes a little bit easier than other people that I talk to in the industry. Yeah, I just want to point the flashlight for a moment that it's your ability to handle stress under pressure. And, you know, you've mastered your craft <laughs> And art mm -hmm. when you can be put on the spot and literally if you have to draw it on the back of a napkin, all the elements are there and also the, that aspect of human relations that you can connect to whoever it is is uh, listening to you so that you can have a meeting of the minds and and this still becomes fun because I can imagine remodeling a commercial space there's got to be um, like you had said if they're opening back up again tomorrow there's that you know, panic that can set in. And I, and I can imagine that you need to pull your client back out of fear and, you know, put them into creativity, hope, excitement, this is going to work out and it's going to look marvelous. Um, with every crisis, I say that, uh, it, you know, it's just, um, it's just design. It's just furniture. It's not a life in that situation. We are not brain surgeons <laughs> and we are not lawyers. <laughs> so, <laughs> there's a solution. There's always a solution. And, um, it's funny one because... of the things that comes up is sometimes somebody can have like the ideal in their mind. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And they I can know, really emotionally attached to that. 
we all get, oh, I cried. I cried so many times and I know I'm going to cry again. Um, I cried in front of clients. I cried in situations where I'm in the room and it is not what I drew. You know, you walk into a space and you expect to see an execution done according to the plan. Yeah. And so we're either, very detailed. Yeah. It's either heaven or it's frustration. <laughs> exactly. 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 So um, I go, I give myself time out every time there's a crisis. Um, it's a decor crisis. It's an interior design crisis. Yes, yeah, sometimes the crisis can be bigger because a vendor didn't submit uh, their uh, furniture or their their items on time, and we won't get them in time for the contractor to to install them. And that that is a pressure because after us, there's several other people that come in to implement everything that we design. Yeah. So that can be a pain, and that can be stressful. So I give my t- t- myself a time out. And it's funny because my right-hand assistant, um, she got used to me having a time out. Okay. Um, I don't give people time out. I put myself in time out when I have to figure out a situation. Yeah. And there's yeah. always a solution. So no one's going to die. No one's going to lose their house or, you know, go to jail or I don't know. Yeah. Have yeah. like some kind of medical issues so yeah I can imagine that sometimes uh so restauranteurs are known you know for having big egos high tempers and you know this is the survival of their business and they and taste is also just uh and we're going to talk about fashion in a moment but taste is so personal some person uh, some person could like the lime green and the other person wants olive green and to, to one person lime green is the best thing since ice cream Yes, um, and that is true. Um, but we found a way that we eliminated that from the very first design meeting. So okay. um, after we we decide that uh, we are engaging with a client in a space, um, we call it a mood board. And what okay, we do okay. is we pull elements, uh, okay. not just colors. I mean, yes, colors as well, um, but uh, uh, furniture pieces and the core pieces and uh, different photos that we find online because we are literally um, trying to feel the mood of the client. Um, and this is how everything starts. And there's a lot of process and there's a lot of checks and some things work and some things don't. And we, we take the things that they work and we develop based on that. So um, it took a while for me to get used to doing this. But once we figured it out, every project starts like this. Okay. Every client gets the same exact thing. I mean, in, obviously not in, Exactly. Yeah. And it works. So we, we are sticking to it. Yes. Yeah. Well, good to hear. What has been the hardest thing you've ever done? Um. Project-wise, walking out, uh, I, I had to walk out uh, one time from a client. Um, it became a very difficult and very stressful situation. Um, because of their, never, their expectations, their personality, their... Personality, personality and expectation uh, both played a factor. Um, okay. They... Um, we walked into a space and we were supposed to do just one side of the, the floor. And uh, this was a retail store. Um, okay. And um, after they decided that they're going to get the second part of the store, the, the floor as well. And um, I, um, I was okay with that, but they wanted everything done in the same time frame, And there was a lot of pressure. Crunch time. And 
Exactly. Yeah. Exactly. And um, I, we, we were done with the furniture. We were done with basically everything. Um, and then they also changed the design on us like a um, couple of times. And the, by the second time they changed it, I said, okay, we, you signed, you agreed. We were going with this. Uh, there were just too, too many. Um, did, too many you, did you feel changes. disrespected or was it that you felt like because they deviated from the contract, what else would they deviate from? Um, I thought that they were taking, they were trying to take advantage. Oh, like a two for one. Uh, yes. Do you, yes. do you think that they would have done that to anybody or do you think that was 100%? Yeah. Okay. So um, it wasn't so, like your age or gender no. or no, 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 being an immigrant. No, no. Okay. Definitely not. No, okay. Definitely not. Uh, there were men. Um, yes. Uh, but they also had an accent. So, um, I don't, um, I, I never, I was only put in a situation like this once in my life. They were testing um, you. Yes. Yeah. Um, but um, I ended up hiring a lawyer just to kind of see if I can walk out of that project. And luckily, um, I, I, I was able to. So um, I did my part. Um, I did more than my part. Um, and everything was good. So I, yeah. I walked out. Um, and it never happened after. We had you have conflicts sometimes, not with clients. I, I, I never had a conflict with a client after or before that. Uh, but you do have conflicts with contractors. Um, yeah. Can I just say something yeah. real quick? I appreciate, I appreciate that you're speaking into sometimes having to work with difficult people, because again, that isn't covered all the time in school or uh, conversations typically between entrepreneurs. I think it's those moments where you get put into what I call the valley. And you have to figure out how do you survive that? How do you maneuver and navigate your way out of that where you get to keep your dignity and sanity and, and exactly. Yeah. And like you said, they would have done it to anybody. So it's, it wasn't personal to you, but good grief. What a test to have to be. Oh yeah. Through. That was hard. That was the, that was the, by far the hardest uh, job that I've ever had with, within the company. Definitely. In, in Chicago or in London? Uh, in Chicago, in okay. London, we, because everything's done remotely, I feel that um, the projects there are a little bit easier. Okay. Um, and we did adapt. Since COVID started, we did adapt and we learned uh, to do things in a different way. And I'm, I'm as sad as I am for the, the world epidemic and, and I haven't seen my family <laughs> quite some time and I, I do miss them. Um, and I, ho I hope to see them soon. Uh, but um, we did learn a lot during the pandemic. And for that, I am grateful because it did put us in a spot where, um, as I, I said before, we make mistakes and we are put in, in difficult situations all the time. But it's our choice if we want to learn from that or not. And yeah. we learned a lot during COVID. And for that, I am grateful. Okay. Uh, we adapted online and things are going smoother uh, than ever. Uh, okay. while we learn to work online. And I know you're busier than ever. And this yes. conversation that we're having right now was planned um, back in uh, December of last year. Mm -hmm. And so, you know, again, I, I just uh, applaud that you came to the United States and you had a dream, you know, mm -hmm. as that, that as the child who daydreamed back in Romania and all of those daydreaming of what you did in, in terms of your internal imagination then manifested into the 3D reality. And here you are today, like I, I mentioned, you know, you've got more business than you know what to do with, you know, where your boyfriend takes away your laptop and says, you know, you have to stop working now, even if yeah. you're passionate about it. Yeah, yeah.
definitely, definitely. Um, but we're here to grow, and uh, the horizons uh, hold uh, hold a lot for for the future. So um, we're looking always looking forward. Yes. So speaking of passions, um, how mm-hmm. does fashion influence you? Um, as I mentioned before, and this is a very very uh, it's a topic that's very close to my heart. Um, I grew up with uh, my mom being an artist and a makeup artist, and uh, I grew up in the fashion world. Um, and uh, it always stayed with me, not only because I was dressing a little bit different as a teenager and um, even as a child. But, Expressing um, yourself. Exactly, exactly. I had no idea that I'm going to land here today. But uh, yes, I was definitely different as a child. Um, I'm a huge a fan of, of fashion shows and fashion designers and okay. um, I don't uh, don't get me wrong I don't dress Prada uh, or you know I don't always go for high-end designers absolutely Chanel not. And, yeah definitely Gucci. not Def- no 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 yeah. um, um, but um, I, I'm actually wearing a dress right now that I paid uh, $15 for it and I'm, I'm super happy with it so it's not about the money yeah, I just wanted to point a flashlight for a moment that you have an appreciation of the aesthetic. Yes. Yeah. 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 Definitely. Um, and I do. I do follow fashion shows, and um, uh, I'm gonna give you two examples. Um, last year, we did a very small, very quick project. It was done in a week. It was an Airbnb. We had to go in and do decor and um, some finishes and furniture, of course. And um, as I was walking walking through that space and I was thinking about what to do here, I remembered that last year during the pandemic, Prada had a fashion show where their uh, line of clothes was very, very straight and very architectural. So I took that fashion show and I, I watched it over and over again and I took pops of colors And what we ended up doing was we were drawing lines on those walls and creating those pops of colors that I saw in the Prada show on the walls for, for, um, you know, that, that wow element, because it was an Airbnb, it had to stand out. We did some market research for the other, other Airbnbs in the area and, um, this is this is how we we ended up doing it and it was a huge success so um it's always inspiring to watch movies about art about fashion about you know fashion designers i know that uh, right now there's a lot of uh, movies out there about uh, fashion designers and their lives and how they started and it, it it is inspiring and then there's another aspect uh on a more warmer side um, you look at Dolce and Gabbana and they're all about flowers. And I come from a culture where our traditional clothes um, are um, handmade with stitches and flowers and, and they have uh, different motifs, uh, but very colorful. So you take that and, you know, I look at Dolce and Gabbana and then um, I don't know if you heard of uh, Frida Kahlo. Yes, um, yes, she's Mexican. Of course, yes, yes, exactly. So um, she always had flowers in her head and uh, a lot of jewelry, colorful. So I tend to um, be very, very drawn to flowers when it comes to uh, decor for restaurants. And it doesn't matter if it's a, a Mexican. I, I did a lot of Mexican restaurants for some reason um, in the last year. Um, it just happened this way, but I'm always happy to walk in spaces like this because. I know that in the end, it's going to be very, very joyful. And um, 
I, I always watch, watch uh, a Dolce & Gabbana fashion show before I go into uh, buying flowers for a restaurant. It's just very inspiring to me. So, yeah, yeah I think it's also just as uh, I think it's written in scripture that iron sharpens iron. I think it's that inspiration that then fuels you from, from one artist to another. And it just it taps into like, you know, that realm or frequency of creativity. And then it's, you know, like the ether, what else is like the universe going to bring to you? Wonderful. Of course. Yeah, of course. Absolutely. Yes. Yes. What, yes. what advice, if any, would you give to other designers that are aspiring or young or just in general out there? And then we're going to chat about your legacy in a moment. Absolutely. Um, learn as much as you can. Uh, school is not enough. Get jobs with with it's not it's it's honestly I didn't learn what I know today from school. I, yeah, I, I mean it, it. Of course, it helped, and of course, you know, a lot of the design aspects um, I learned in school, do's and don'ts and things like that. No, go learn project management. <laughs> yeah, the only reason I, I laughed right there is because of a the price tag that's associated with some of the name brand universities and schools that are out there, probably including architectural and design schools, uh, but also it's. Uh, there's this idea or this, um, I would say maybe a, a business promise that if you graduate from this school and with this degree, it's almost like you can just rest on your laurels and doors will be opened and the networking with the alumni. But little do you have to realize that you really need to get out there, like you said, with the growth mindset and just learn and take action, massive action, because the marketing doesn't happen, you know, by itself. Yeah. Yeah, no, 100%. I mean, don't get me wrong. I know that um, the fact that, um, you go to an Ivy League uh, league school for interior design, it will open a lot of doors with um, high-end architect architectural companies and design company. Yes, that is true, 100%. Um, but at the same time, once you graduate school, if you want to go on your own and if you want to open a business or be an entrepreneur in this line of business, this is not enough. Because okay. in school, you're not, you're going to learn little things about project management and purchasing um, but this is uh, to, to actually be able to successfully finish a project and, and start and carry a project from beginning to end without knowing what you're doing in terms of project management and, and purchasing. You don't have a chance. It's a shame that a lot of uh, kids um, think that they can do that. And I've seen so many. I mean, I network, of course, we all network and we all hear stories and we see people all the time I failed so many times with so many things um, and, and it's heartbreaking because you go to school and yes you you do this because you have a dream and in the United States you do have the luxury to to know what you want to do at least with half of your life when you sign up to a university or with within a college or with a design program uh, because they train you even in school that this is this, this is your uh, what you're drawn to. We don't have that luxury in Romania. It's you know you go to school, you learn everything, and then you finish high school, and then you're like, oh, why why what's next? Yeah, I don't know. We're gonna play the lottery and find out if it fits or not. So. Yeah, I think one of the things you're pointing to isn't just that they can't cut corners, but the level of responsibility that is required with success. Yes. Yeah, yeah. definitely. Yeah. And this is only this is something that you learn by doing. And the only way to learn this is by working. Yeah. So start as an intern or start with a um, and I know that a lot of times uh designers uh go for designing positions 
But if if at some point in life anyone is thinking of opening their own business, my suggestion and what helped me a lot not to go to for a design position because design you you can you learn that that you learn in school how to draw, how to uh, implement certain rules. You can do that, and if you have an artistic sense, okay. you can pick fabric and you can pick colors, and it's not a big deal. Project management, because without that, you you are dead. Yeah, like literally dead. Yeah. Oops, sorry. Sorry. Yeah. 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 Well, I think what you're speaking to also is just uh, you have to work with people and the expectations, and when they mm-hmm. they give you that baton, it's like you know all the spoken and and unspoken expectations that come with that. And having to figure that out. Yeah, exactly. And I think that even if, you know, you are employed by someone else, once you do project management, you do face clients. And the fact that you're not the one that's doing the marketing or or going to those clients in the first place, but the fact that you are interacting and you are in the middle of the problem and there will be problems because it's construction, it happens. Um, But because you are in the middle of a, a general contractor or um you know between him and the client or it's it teaches you a lot and patience <laughs> you need a lot of patience it's it's just the way that the world works in interior design uh, but yeah those are those are important key uh elements to actually spend take two three years don't think about a year because in a year you don't learn anything it's just you get yourself familiarized yeah. with the situation yeah take two three years to 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 allow yourself to work switch companies if that's what you think it takes uh, mm-hmm. if you're not thinking uh, that you're getting enough education in one company switch companies but try to learn as much as possible about everything else aside from interior design yeah um, I think you're pointing to uh, life's surprises yeah when you get blindsided yeah, by Definitely. something that you weren't expecting and you just have to improv that moment. So did you ever fail? And then I will ask you about your values and legacy. Um, I don't think I ever failed because with everything, every single thing that went wrong, and there were many things that went wrong, um, I, I quit a few times. Yeah, I, I had, I, yes, I did. Um, I had a time uh, for probably three years when I was quitting once every three months, and I would Companies come home. Or clients? Oh no, no! I would quit myself with the company. Oh, I would okay. Come home crying or okay. pissed off, okay. and I would say, "I quit. I do not want to do this anymore. I'm gonna, I'm gonna go and look for a job, and I'm not gonna do this anymore." Now okay. this is long past. You know, it it hasn't happened in a long time, uh, but it was hard. It, it was definitely hard. Uh, but then I learned that every time something bad happened, um, I learned something from it. And this, no one taught me. This is something that no one can teach you. You learn for yourself. Yeah, um, in the growing pains. Exactly. Yeah. Exactly. But I learned not to quit anymore. Yeah. Uh, I would quit for a day and a half or I, the most that I quit for uh, five days, I think. And it's not... I would never leave a client hanging. This never happened. Um, and I do take a lot of pride in that. Um, I never left clients hanging, but I, I did. There were times when I would come home and I would say, this project is done or I'm, I'm, I'm finishing what I have started right now. And that's it. I'm going to look for a job. And um, 
I'm going to just go be employed somewhere else because this is too hard for me. Do you think it's the stress or do you think it's trying to make all of those different moving pieces work simultaneously? Um, I think that this is, uh, you know, we, we talked about the stigma of being a woman before. And I okay. think that in, a, in, a, in, a, in this type of work, when you're not just doing interior design and, you know, the decor pieces, but when you get involved with developers and general contractors, and um, a lot of times I walked into a space and people thought I'm the secretary because, you know, if you do wear, I mean, you don't wear high heels on a, on a construction but, site, but because but I have lip- feminine. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. And everyone thinks like, and I'm almost 40. Um, and my face is like, I have a very young face and baby people face. never, yeah. Thank you. I appreciate it. Uh, but I don't, you know, for a long time, I thought this was a very big disadvantage. Okay. I, and I always, uh, I was hoping to be older because I always thought that with age, people have a little bit more respect. Yeah. And uh, then I learned that once I open my mouth and we talk about everything, you know, and I, you, I know you what... Earn- their respect yeah exactly. I think a lot of a lot of young ladies feel that way there's um, yeah. a lady that I mentor who is in real estate and she feels that way sometimes like you know does she need to be something other than who she is and she just exactly. needs to be herself exactly yeah. so I did struggle with this in the beginning now I don't care anymore and I'm happy that uh, I, I'm really happy that I got to this point yeah well I think you pushed through those those tests and those growing pains. I used that phrase before. And I know that in the two other podcasts that you did, you know, those guys were asking you for your thought leadership. So it didn't even matter if you had a cute baby face. I mean, you, you have got clients that demand your talent and skill and yeah. So it, it, it finally has gotten beyond the superficial stuff. Yeah. Uh, so this is, this is one of uh, the other things that I would say that everyone needs to give themselves time because with time you gain experience. And if you are truly passionate about what you're doing, um, I know that a lot of times, like in the beginning, if someone would come to me and say, you have to have patience. I mean, a lot of people actually told me patience, it's going to come, it's going to happen. Well, yeah, but you know, when you see that you're struggling, 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 and it doesn't happen, it, it, it does take a toll and it, you know, it, it wears it, on the person. Exactly. But in, in the end, it was just that you have to give it time, you have to be patient, things will happen. If you love what you do, if you if you put enough passion into it, things will happen. It, yeah. It's impossible not to happen. So yeah. yeah. Well, I know there's that line from the movie, if you build it, they will come. But I also yeah. realize that what you're pointing to is that when you are going to master any skill, that it does take that practice and that repetition of, of course, right. With everything, with mood boards, project management, all of it. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. Um, I look at it as, uh, you know, for, for any woman out there, um, if you learn to apply um, mascara, okay. you, and if you learn to do this in the car, I never learned to do this in the car. <laughs> I can do anything. If you can apply mascara while driving and not crash your car. I've been there. Anything, yeah. Yes. Anything in the world is possible. Yeah. 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 That is the adaptability on the spot. (laughs) Absolutely. Absolutely. (laughs) The behind the scenes. Yes. Wonderful. Thank you for your transparency on that. Of course. Um, What legacy would you like to define, develop and execute? Um, 
I'm gonna I'm gonna approach this subject on a personal level. Um, I look at my my mom is the strongest woman that I have ever met. Okay. And um, I don't have kids yet, but I hope to have kids. And um, I I would hope that my kids would look at me the same way I'm looking at my mom. Um, well, you know, from a project side, yes, of course. That's sweet. Um, That's sweet. <laughs> I just wanted to pause for a second. Okay. Yeah. Yeah, I appreciate it. Um, I, I love her to death. And I am, uh, I, I think I'm a strong woman. I did everything myself. Um, and um, I got to this point. Now I have a team that I couldn't function without. Them. I have partners and people, yes, 100%. But up until I met them, I did everything by myself. And uh, I, I owe this to my mom and to my family. Um they always pushed me to do um, whatever strikes my mind. And sometimes it wasn't the easiest thing and, and the most logical thing. But the fact that I, I got, I was encouraged by them to always follow my heart and, and do all the things that I wanted to do. That was, uh, that was huge. And um, I look at my mom and she's a successful entrepreneur and she is, um, she's strong. She's beautiful. She's amazing. Um, it's it's a true inspiration for me, and then I hope that yes, my kids will say the same thing about me um, when they grow up and um, when I'm gonna be old and older, <laughs> and um, I'm go it's gonna come the time to retire. And then from a project point of view, uh, I would almost thing, say the value of yeah. family. Yeah. yeah, yeah, and maybe it's you know I put my family I put family aside for a long time because I was so focused on my career and it it wasn't easy it definitely wasn't but um I'm not sorry that I did did and now I'm I'm ready to to think about the children um I I would hope to have my own but I will adopt if that's not going to be possible and I'm okay with that and uh life goes on and uh, but that's what I'm hoping for definitely and then from a project uh, point of view, um, I, I hope to be at a level where I develop um, timeless uh, spaces where in 50 years, people will still walk through those doors and, and think, wow, who did this? Yeah. And I'm going to be retired by then. So that, that um, maybe it's childish, but this is how it it started this is how everything started and even the name of my company perpetuum designs perpetuum is the latin based word of the word perpetual oh i wondered about that okay mm-hmm. yeah, yeah. Yes. i just want to say i don't think it's childish or idealistic i think it's it's just that pure intention i might even call it one of your guiding principles yes um i i haven't thought about this in depth um what's what you know, why I'm doing what I'm doing. Um, I do this to be happy at the end of a project. Okay. Um, yes, we do this. Uh, we're in business to make money. This is number one, or it should be number one. For me, um, if at the end of the project, I am happy with that project, I know the client is going to be happy, more than happy with that project. And every every client that we, we come in contact with and we uh, sign an agreement to move forward and, and perform a job for them, um, I treat their projects as my own. Yeah. And I wouldn't want, if, if I'm not satisfied, um, and I'm pushy this way, I'm, I'm a little pushy this way, but uh, so far everyone appreciated. So I hope that it's going to stay this way um, 
I, I, I like to be proud at the end of every project of everything that uh, all the labor and all the sweat that went into that space. So yeah. And a final mm-hmm. question, what values does your legacy get to honor? Um, we are hoping to move into um, doing more green environmental friendly spaces. Okay. And I think that um, while up until right now, everything's pretty, it is pretty. Aesthetically. It's functional. Yeah. Yes. Okay. Um, we haven't had the time. I haven't had the time um, because I was busy building the business um, to, to uh, shift into um, a well-designed uh, interior in terms of uh, sustainability. Um, and now that we are starting to work with uh, developers, um, we are pulled into that, that world more and more. And um, I hope that um, in the end, we will be able to, to sustain fully as a company, the design build of, of properties, entire properties um, uh, that are green sustainable and self-sustainable. So uh, this is um, a dream and this is also a uh, part of, yes. Yeah. I would say also that I think one of your values is stewardship of this earth as well as the resources for the future. I mean, you tell me, I don't want to put words in your mouth. Definitely. No, definitely. So um, even um, with all the elements that we, we put in the core and, and interiors right now, uh, while browsing through our website and through our portfolio, you see a lot of uh, wood elements, stone elements, uh, yeah. green elements. So we are, I always had this in the back of my head and I always uh, knew that this is where I'm going. Um, it was just a big step and, and took uh, several years to get to the point where we are today, where we can definitely talk about not just the design of the interior, but the design of a full uh, a new build out um, uh, and the materials that go in the construction of that, uh, of that house. So uh, we do have a team of architects and, and uh, constructors that we work hand in hand with um that uh, we learn from each other we always have new things to to challenge ourselves with um but um, i think that once um, we found good teams to work with uh, we are closer than ever to accomplish this yeah i might say a couple of your other values would include hard work and definitely Uh, respect for opportunity because you don't seem to take anything for granted which is beautiful Thank you. I appreciate it. Um, I try not to. And if I have a week where I'm really busy and um, today, for example, um, I'm planning on spending, uh, it's, it's like freezing cold in Chicago today. <laughs> um, the sun was out and um, I'm really hoping that uh, tomorrow is going to be a clear uh, sunny day. And um, I, I really want to spend some time outside and um, watch the trees they do have no leaves but take a walk in the park I don't care but just be in the in the weather in outside in in the cold and in nature for a little bit because we don't have time I, I you know I go to the gym every day I don't go uh, outside and run but um, there's things that I miss and nature is uh, it's an important factor in my life so um, it's been a week I didn't have time to pay attention to nature tomorrow's going to be the day so. Yeah. So the connection with nature. Yes. Yeah. 
Uh, are there any other final thoughts and, uh, and then I will close us out? Um, no, I just uh, want to say thank you for the opportunity. Um, it was very nice meeting you. Um, I hope that um, uh, I have a feeling we're going to stay friends. You're, we you're, we you're, <laughs> you're amazing. Um, and I do appreciate everything that you do. And um, um, you, you are very, very good at what you do. And I, I enjoy listening to your uh, other shows and you're just amazing. So thank, thank you. you. Thank you. And I want to highlight uh, before I read, read out the, the closing uh, paragraph that I appreciate that you have given voice to your experience of being a self-made success. I mean, a lot of the times I, I throw out statistics like two thirds of today's affluent are self-made. But I think a lot of the times people don't realize the amount of struggle and the years of hard work that go into that. It's like, you know, it's year after year of like, oh, I had to put that on my credit card and, oh, that didn't work out. And it was three years in before it all finally came together. And I just really appreciate that you've given voice to that because it, it takes a lot more hard work, I think, than some people realize. Definitely, uh, definitely. And um, I'm so sorry to say that um, a lot of people give up uh, because it, it, it is hard. And I'm going to mention a book that changed my life. Please, um, please. You find it, uh, it's, uh, I think it's still free on, on YouTube. Uh, it's called uh, Think and Grow Rich by yeah. Napoleon. Yeah. So that book is my Bible. Um, okay. I do, um, I'm not a religious person. Um, I do respect traditions and I do believe in God. Um, I just, I'm not, I don't go to church every Sunday. I just don't have the time. And, um, but um, I do listen to paragraphs from that book every chance I get because, um, and especially when, when things get tough, yeah. I do take uh, my time out. Um, yeah. I, as I mentioned, my, my, I do give myself time out. And uh, during the, this time out, I try to, uh, if it's not something on the creative side that I have to figure out, then um, I, I just put my ear, ear pods in and I listen to a paragraph or two from this book. Uh, I pick randomly because now I've listened to this book for so many times that I should know it by heart, but it's always a refreshed um, experience um, because it applies to different situations. So, yeah, that's lovely. It almost like resets your mind back. Exactly. To, yeah. Yeah. Exactly. Thank you so, for speaking into that resource. Go ahead, please. Absolutely. So when you think about giving up, listen to that, but take your time because it's worth it a hundred percent. Wonderful. I will make sure to include that in the show notes as well. Yeah. Okay. Okay. <laughs> so to close out, um, um, I'm Angelina Carlson, the hostess of the Design Your Legacy podcast, as well as the founder to Legacy Planning, a boutique coaching and advisory firm based out of Beverly Hills, California, but international in those I coach. I hope to dive deep into subjects that can help a person define, develop, and execute their legacy and continue to scour the landscape for those who can be great resources to every dimension of your legacy. For many listeners, there can be never enough education and preparation in what I call the moot around the castle. Whether you find yourself with new wealth or generational wealth, may the content of this channel be an anchor in any storms ahead. We do our best to provide original content for your intellectual and emotional curiosity. Thank you for joining us today. And remember, I coach people on the subject of personal legacies. Of course, please do your own due diligence as some areas are black and white while others are gray in nature in the changing landscape. And in closing, I hope you find these podcast interviews entertaining in their education. Thank you so much for joining.